Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time it is you may be listening. This is another episode of the Chapcast, and today I have a special guest on, Dr. Roxanne Dixon, who is in education as well, just like I am. And uh, the thing that's been going on lately is talking about going back to school for a lot of students and parents, teachers and personnel in the building. What does that look like? How do you feel as a parent? So we're going to talk today from two educators' perspectives of what we think about going back to school in a pandemic. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Um, my special guest today is uh, Dr. Roxanne Dixon, who I've known her now probably since what 2014, somewhere around that time, uh, time. that we met. Uh, so I'm going to let her kind of introduce herself and tell you, tell her um, story a little bit about what she does. And um, this episode is about us going back to school and you know as educators how do we feel about it and you know just kind of the things that we are looking at so if you go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself well as you have already said my name is dr roxanne dixon i am currently a principal at an elementary school Uh, i started off as a special education teacher in a middle school then i moved to georgia originally from new orleans moved to georgia Again, I worked in a middle school special ed, but then I moved to the county level, working as a special ed compliance specialist. And then thereafter, I went into administration, and then that's how I ended up on the elementary school level. I've never done high school, but I do have experience in the middle elementary level for the past 15 plus years. All right. So one thing that I will say is that she has an amazing story and a testimony. Um, She spoke um, at one of our services. And, you know, that was the first time I had really heard coming to Georgia from Hurricane Katrina and the blessings and everything. It's an amazing story. Maybe one day she'll get her own podcast and she'll actually tell the story that people will be able to hear for great encouragement. But today we just want to talk about school reopening. So we're we're in July now. And um, usually, you know, as working in administration, you usually full swing and things preparing for the kids to come back to school, preparing for open house. But because of the pandemic that we're going through, a lot of things are on hold. So as an educator, uh, just kind of share with me like your thoughts on children being and, and especially and teachers as well, because there's a lot of teachers who, who have concerns about going back right now. Like just kind of tell me what are your your thoughts on going back to school during this time? You know, my my thoughts is always about people's safety and not just safety, but the mental health of people. Mm-hmm. So with this pandemic, it has taken a huge toll on everyone, even administrators. People don't really think about administrators and what they go through. But our job is to make sure everybody is okay. but rarely do people make sure that we're okay. Mm -hmm. So even throughout the course of the summer, my teachers were calling and they were 
crying. They were saying they felt isolated, those that live alone. You know, one set of teachers I talked to the other day, they said they just had to get out. So they met each other in the parking lot of a Dunkin' Donut and just talked to each other from their cars because they feel so alone and they live alone. But even for our kids, I know for our school, we are a school of love. So when our kids come in, the music is playing and they're used to hugging us and us hugging them. And we always tell them how much we love them and there's nothing you can do about it. But with this pandemic, if it were to come into the building, how do you reject a kid? Mm-hmm. How do you say stay six feet away? So I believe for our school is built on if they have nothing to eat, this is where they come. If they've never had love, this is where they get it from. If they need clothes, you get it from here. But they've been gone. And it was just such an abrupt, you know, uprooting. Cause, that cause they you didn't remember, get to say goodbye. You remember at first when it happened, it was like, hey, we're going to be out for like two weeks. And uh, right, you know, right. we'll be back. And then two weeks turned into a month. And then it just kept going, kept going. And, right. um, and, and I totally agree with you how you're saying how, um, you know, it's a family um, and, and mental, you know, illness. Like, people, I, I think, like, a lot of people look at school now as, I'm going to send my kids there. Some, this is just some parent. You got different parents in schools, and I know the listeners kind of know that. I hope they know that. It's a it's the parent that's involved, the parent that's over-involved, the parent that's somewhat involved, the parent <laughs> that's like, you know what, don't... I'm I, not I mean, involved at all. At all. I've, I've had, as a teacher, I've called parents, and the parents was like, I can't do nothing with them, so whatever, what you want me to do? Right. What and you, you want like, me to do? Man, I can't. I've even had one. Well, can you whoop them? I'm like, ma'am, I can't whoop your <laughs> child. Like, it doesn't work that way. So so even just kind of thinking about, you know, those who, who are being alone, even those students, and, and a lot of times we don't really think about the students who come to school for safety. Like, yeah. like, how do you, how do you, it's, it's like, how do you help those students? Like, I come to school to get away from the craziness in my house. Right. This is the only piece I get is in this building, but I had to be subjected to that for, it's been since March. And, you know, research is showing that domestic violence has gone up and child abuse has gone up since we have been out. So for those kids, it's like, your heart breaks because you don't know where they are. You try to keep in contact with them. But I know for our um, area, we're very transient. Mm -hmm. So they move. We've been back in our building for two weeks now. And the phone has been constantly ringing about how can I withdraw my child? How can I withdraw my child? How can I enroll my child? It's like a revolving door. They're in and out. They're in and out. And it's just such a sad thing because they don't have the stability and school was the only staple that they had in their life for our building. I think that's even like on the high school level, it's kind of, it's the same way the kids just get older and, you know, maybe somebody they can kind of conceal a a little better, but it's the same thing, Uh, you know, because they were dependent on school for this and that. And um, I don't, I think people who aren't educators don't sometimes realize 
the importance of building relationships with students. Like even as being out of the classroom, being an administrator, it's just certain students you learn to build a relationship with because like you deal with them so much or you see them so much. Hey man, look, stay out of trouble today. And please don't come to my office. Like, you know, we have like administrators who's like just keep snacks and keep food. Like the kids are coming, you got some snacks, you got something to eat. They're not going right. to tell you, like, I don't have anything. It's just like, I just want something to eat. Okay, like, let me get some money. So it's just kind of one of those things. But even going back to, like, the, the teachers in itself, I know, like, during the, you know, during that time we were out, like, I made sure I kind of, you know, checked on the teachers, emailed them, you know, sent them a text message, make sure everybody okay, you know, just kind of see how they're doing. And it, it, it's a sad thing. And, and I think it's really making an effect on people so it, it just kind of it just kind of you got to put things in perspective like we have the we have to still worry about us but at the same time you're still kind of responsible even for the adults that you supervise Absolutely. and it's like well you know if they not all right if they come back and they not all right then it's a whole nother issue you got to deal with right and and we believe in the the saying people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care Mm-hmm. And if people know that you care, they'll do anything in the world for you. But the media has made this coronavirus, COVID-19, such a death sentence mm-hmm. that if you get it, the only thing that's going to happen is you want to die. Mm-hmm. So people are so afraid. So when you tell a teacher to come into a building with kids and you have to social distance, how do you social distance a classroom of 34 kids? Or how do you teach kids with a a, a mask over your face? You can't breathe in those masks. Not all day. So kids are not mandated to wear masks, but the teachers are mandated to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. So you can't breathe in that all day. And then how do you get close to to see if, you know, you have the the, um, answer correct or if you need support? Or if I'm a lower grade teacher, how do I teach you phonics and you can't see my mouth? You know, yeah, so, that's something that people are not really thinking about. And even right. as being a teacher, you know how they tell you sometimes, even when there's disruption in the classroom, you have to use proximity. Kind of, you, you can't. It, it's like you got to relearn how to do your classroom. You do, and that's our thing for the year. Is the our thing for the years together? We have to reprogram our commitment to high performance because you have to rethink this entire thing called education. You have to approach it in such a different way. You can't do what you did before, you know, and it, it's so sad. It, it's almost like we're reverting back to the Little Red Schoolhouse because that children have to sit in desks in rows again because you can't do small group anymore. Mm-hmm. They can't, they have, so you have to be in rows. You can't share um pencils and materials and things of that nature. So I know with us, we have to give our laptops um, to the kids because they don't have any right now. The ones that they were purchasing, they're not ready. Mm -hmm. So we have to give our laptops in the building to the kids. So now if they come to the building, there's no technology. So what do you have to do? Yeah, do worksheets. The very thing you say don't do is the things you have to go back to doing. I just think it's just so awful. I don't, I would love for them to be in a building in a regular circumstance, Mm -hmm. but I just feel like 
the virtual learning, I believe if we did the AB or if we did the virtual learning, either way, the kids are not going to get what they need. And I believe that is pushing our kids, especially our black kids, further and further behind because you you just can't give them all the attention and the direct support that they need if I only come to school every other day mm-hmm. or if I, I'm virtual. Because if I'm virtual, I don't know how you all do it in high school, but virtually kids can only be on the computer less than For an so hour. So many hours. Yeah. And, and yeah. so so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about the virtual thing and how that looked over, you know, the past few months and how it looks in the future. So we'll be right back after this break. So we, we kind of, Dr. Dixon started touching on the virtual and the technology. Um, so we want to just kind of talk about that because I know a lot of the parents, they have the option in most districts of going on the school online or either going to the actual school. So that's kind of like a twofold thing. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of talk about the virtual. And then we'll talk about going back to the building as it is now. It's, it's not going to be like school how it was. So the virtual thing... I'm a technology person. I love technology. Um, That was one of the things that I used to do in the district was like teaching teachers how to teach with technology. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that happened is because things happen so abruptly, a, a lot of teachers were not equipped to teach online. So they got kind of thrown into it, didn't have the proper training. So mm-hmm. therefore, it definitely didn't work. And so I just think that it really depends on the student as far as like the online learning. I think once you get to higher grade, like middle school and high school, when it comes to elementary, it's it, it's real slippery slope. My kid just left fifth grade. And so one of the things that we had to deal with, if the teacher wasn't prepared for virtual learning, you're blasting all these assignments out at one time. And that's really not how it's supposed to work. So I know you were kind of saying, you know, especially with elementary, like, that will put the kids behind. So just say they did virtual all year this year. And say, for instance, something happened and we go back to regular everything next school year. What do you think happens? Does that kid still be at the level they were the year before or like any progress or is it all regression? I think there'll be a a lap in, um, in learning because the, in a perfect world, if every child had the technology um, to to do the work and they had the attendance to do the work, mm-hmm. then that will be different because the teachers will be there. The support mm-hmm. will be there. You said something. You said that when you worked in the different district, you trained the teachers. The thing was that I know what our district PD is everything. They are very technology rich and we were mandated to do Um, technology training monthly. The thing was, the teachers did not um, engage in it because it wasn't relevant to them. 
and so they didn't with, put it in the practice, even though they, they were required absolutely. to do it, it wasn't put in the practice. Absolutely. So when the pandemic hit and you had to go do virtual, then they were scrambling. Some of them were pros, but mm-hmm. still it wasn't technology for virtual learning. It was still mm-hmm. get on technology, click on this link, and you ended up back on a sheet of paper. Well, that's exactly. not what virtual learning is all about. So mm-hmm. that's why I say when they come back, it's still going to be a lapse in learning because teachers aren't trained well enough to know what that virtual learning looks like. You know, And, and, and I just kind of feel like I me, mean, even though we didn't know what was going to happen <clears throat> after school got out, I just feel like every district should have mandated the teachers you have, hey, just in case, let's start this training session online. We're going to teach you how to do it. I know a lot of districts made it optional over the summer because even when I used to um, train the teachers, one of the things I would always tell the teachers, you have to build your online uh, lessons and everything in the summer. You can't do it throughout the school year because you get too busy. If you do it during the summer, you're just every summer, you're just going back refreshing. And even throughout the school year, you're just making adjustments, not trying to create because this way it's already done. You're ready to go. And the kids know exactly what they're going to do. But usually when you're teaching online, you're giving it to the kids for them to kind of get familiar with it. And you're thinking we're going to come together at some time. We're going to have a discussion. So that even goes back to how you said with the technology, a lot of the kids don't have the technology. And just for the listeners, what we mean is everyone doesn't have Internet at their house. Everybody doesn't have a computer, even if they got a computer from the school or device. That doesn't mean they have the Internet. So then you have to look at the fact, well, what if I got five kids and it's only one computer at my house? Then how do we do that? It, it's kind of like, how do you deal with that? Because well, I know about, parents come to you with that. Well, how about this? How about I don't have a house? I live in a car or the shelter. Yep. So mm-hmm. what? how am I supposed to do that when I don't even have a house? I don't have electricity for a computer. So what happens with that? And then I know with our, our demographics, a lot of our parents are essential workers. So mm-hmm. if I have to go to work, I can't tell my, my boss that I can come to work, only come to work on certain days of the week. So if True. I have to go to work and my child has to go to somebody's house, that does not have internet, then they miss all of the instruction during the day. So when they come mm-hmm. back home in the evening, then what? You yep. know, so um, I know they're doing this synchronous and asynchronous learning where they do live learning one day and then video learning the next day. But we haven't trained the kids in what that oh, looks to... like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kids get distracted. Okay. Even while the teacher on Zoom, I can open another screen. Right. And I right. can start, you know, playing Roblox or whatever, right. Fortnite. Right. I can be on the PlayStation playing. So it's just kind of one of those things. So just kind of, and that's a good point. Like, what about the kids who don't have? Like, sometimes we forget there are kids who don't have anywhere to stay. And like, they're just, they come to school because they don't have to worry about, I don't really have anywhere to stay. Cause I can come to school because right. so, sometimes you get to school, you get there at seven 30, seven 15. And they stand in outside. Yeah. And you're like, man, yeah. dog, you already beat me to work every day. Right. So it's just kind of one of those things. So let's kind of talk about going to school in the building. Like the people who are saying, I'm, I got to send my kids to school. 
So I got to send it. Tell me what do you think is going to be like going to school in this condition? I think that a lot of parents are afraid and they won't send their kids to school. I know we did a survey and a lot of parents said that they weren't comfortable sending their kids to school. Then there are those parents that say, I have to work. So they have mm-hmm. to go to school. Like you named the different types of parents. And then there are those parents that said they've been with me too long. They are going to school. So even if they stay at home all day, even if they stay home all day. Yep. So when they come to school, the diff again, it's it's the training piece. If I haven't had to social distance all the time that I've been out, I don't I don't know what that looks like in school. I haven't Mm-mm. seen my friend since March. I'm going to play with my friend. You know, they they don't know how do you social distance kindergarten and pre K kids? They don't know. Like they just know loving and I wanna hug on you, I wanna do that. But right. even even on the high school level, how do you social distance high school students who that's all they do? They come to school to socialize for the most part. So and it's like you want me to hey, y'all gotta go one way to get to class. Yeah, even that, but but high school students, you can maybe have conversation with them and explain the the ramifications mm-hmm. if you don't. You can't do that with pre-K and kindergarten. It's all and fun grade. and games. Absolutely. So, and it, it just think about, they can't go into cafeteria, the common mm-hmm. area. They can't go to their specials classes, common areas. How do you do the bathroom? So the whole day will be about Logistics. Logistics. It'll be about compliance and making sure that everybody's safe in the you won't have any time for instruction. You know, what about but, the kids with the behavior issues that act up that's not on medicine? How do you get them out the classroom? You but know? even even getting to school now. How long is it going to take to get to school if you can't sit on the bus? Oh, right my God. So it's 14 to a bus. What if your school has over 800 kids? My school has 2,500 kids. <laughs> so even on the bus, how are you going to tell me to sit, skip seats? You know, think about a regular bus. on a re- For us, I know on a regular day on a bus, it's off the chain. So mm-hmm. That's their the release. Bus. That's when they release. Absolutely. Like, they get the release. But then the bus drivers, they got to focus on driving. I can't tell you, hey, move out the seat. But I've even heard that some bus drivers might have to take the temperature of the kids before they get on the bus. Yeah, but what if I'm on a bus and somebody starts coughing and sneezing? That bus going to be in an uproar. Yep. They oh. just sneezed, especially the kids. They just sneezed on me. They sneezed on me. Uh, they coughing. You got the and then that's a whole nother issue. Somebody fighting. Well, they said I had the wrong. So right. I think about like that. coming to school and uh, you take the temperature and the child has a fever. Where do they go? Where and you call a parent and they don't come to school. Some of them, let's be clear, mm-hmm. don't come on a regular day. Or they might be like, I'm on the other side of town. I can't come pick them I up. I can't come get you. Or the, oh. the number in the system, not the right number. Uh, so I can't number. even get in touch with your parent. Absolutely. Where, who's going to watch uh, those kids? My mom got a new phone. I don't know the number. Right. Who Who's going to watch those kids? Because, <laughs> I mean, the nurse is going to be, the nurse is never going to be able to sit down. And they have other kids because Corona is not the only 
thing that's going on. You still have the kids with diabetes, the kids mm-hmm. with the headache and the stomach ache and the throwing up and the the falling off the monkey bars and the yep. child abuse. So all that's still going on. Just once it's got to take their medication, one's got to take the shot. So all that's still going on. And then you get the one with the fever or the two mm-hmm. with the fever. Then what do you do? Because if you drop them off, that's it. They come in the door, they're yours. It belonged to me. So, and I know even, you know, one of the biggest issues that people have been asking is, so what happens if there's a kid that possibly has it or a teacher has it? What do we do with that class? Do we quarantine all those kids? Y'all can't come to school for 14 days. The teacher, she can't come, he or she can't come to school for 14 days. You think I'm going to get a substitute teacher in the room? Yeah, you will not. You will so, not. I just think parents have to understand, like, you you know, it's their choice. What I mean, it depends on your lifestyle and what your situation is. But if, if you send your kid to school, it's going to be different. Like, I have to have a conversation with my son. He's going to middle school. He wants to go to school, but, like, I have to explain to him, school is not going to be what you think school is now. And like even at the school I work at in high school, we we like have those conversations with the kids. It's not gonna be what you think. It ain't social hour at lunch. You don't get to stand in the commons for the thirty minutes in the morning before the bell ring. All that's gone. Like it's that non-existent. So the social part is basically over social distance. So it's a long way away for you to be able to get to talk to somebody. So. Just, I always like to end with some some type of encouragement. So, what encouragement could you give, like e- the parents and even for the students, like as they prepare to make the decision whether their kid going to go back? Even for the teacher, like how can you encourage them to, you know, not let this, you know, overtake them, overwhelm them? So, I I always say, and I'm I'm constantly saying that God is in control. That's the main thing that we have to remember. Even in the midst of all of this, God is in control. And this won't last forever. This too shall pass. So for this season that we are in, we have to make sure that we are safe, that we use good judgment, that we use good wisdom. It may not be a comfortable season. It may not be a convenient season, but it is what it is. So we have to make sure that in this moment that we're doing everything that we can to be safe and to safeguard all those that are around us. A lot of people aren't practicing safety, so you have Mm -hmm. to protect yourself. So continue to be encouraged and know that it's not going to be like this always. We are going to go back. That may look different when we go back, but there will be a time that we do go back and we won't have to wear masks and and we don't have to wear gloves and a plexiglass won't be all over the building. But Mm -hmm. until that time, continue to pray, continue to seek God and continue to know that you're still safe, you're still healthy, and it could be a whole lot worse. Because you could not have a job. Because you could not have a job. Or school. Yep. All of those things. So it's just something to kind of consider and to think about. And I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning, the media. Sometimes you got to turn the news off. Absolutely. And I used to work in the news. So, like, I know how sometimes it can get sad. Like, even when you work in the news, you're like, man, I just heard about all this stuff happening. All these people dying. I know people who've had the coronavirus, they've recovered. um, But, I mean, you just don't know how it's going to affect 
but that's like you said, you got to stay safe. You got to pray. You just got to believe. You got to trust. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show on today. Um, you know, anytime you want to come on, like anytime you want to start, they can hear the words of encouragement that you have for them. <laughs> but we do appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you, I guess, after the first nine weeks and see how things are going. I know we need to do a, 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 a check-in to see what's happening after the nine weeks. But I do see if everybody at home. Be, right, see if we're still at home. <laughs> I do appreciate. Now, I have to tell you, I had to go in my building. I needed to get out for a sec. I was good. I think I was mm. able to quarantine comfortably for about two months. And then after, and then that, after months, that, yeah, I was like, yeah, I need a little outside action a little bit. Get but back I'll my little, routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's like I need to put on some makeup. I need to comb my hair. So let me, mm. even if it's one day a week, let me do a little yep. something different. But um, I appreciate you having me on the show. I will be back. And I'm going to think about starting my own podcast, and you'll be my guest as well. I appreciate it. We're going to hold you to it. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. So I want to close out this podcast by thanking my guest, Dr. Dixon, for joining me on today. And I just want to leave you with a little encouragement. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. In other words, I know this is a strange time, something we've never seen before, but if God has promised you to keep you, he's going to keep you. Even in making a decision for your kids, what are you going to do? Even if you're an educator, what do I do about going back? I know some districts have made the decision to go virtually for um, a little while to see how things shake out. Some have not. You may work in that district that may not. You may want to go back to school, but I just need you to hold on to hope. Make sure you get around a group of people or find somebody that you can talk to to stay and help to keep yourself encouraged even through these times. Even though we know that God is in control and that he can do any and all things, just be encouraged and be strengthened. Be safe, most of all. Make the right decisions to keep you and your family safe during this time. So as for me, I just have to do what I need to do. I have to make a decision for my child, what I want them to do. So I would tell you to do the same pray about it feel peace about it have peace in your heart until next time this is the chapcast